everyone, and welcome to the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. And it's just the two of us this week. Just the two of us. We can, we can make, it, make if it if we try. Anyway, sorry for singing. We that can make it to the really finals bad. if we try, right? Oh, man, I hope so. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to go to some basketball games this week. Come on. Yeah. Uh, so first, ODU, though. The Monarchs come to town as the season finale in the Thomas Assembly Center. Surprise, surprise. It's another slow start to start this game as Tech falls behind 21 to 10. At one point in this one, Tech missed 10 field goals in a row. Although you may not have noticed because this game was on Kusa.tv. The final six minutes of the first half saw the rules reversed, however, as ODU struggled to hit anything, and that allowed Tech to go on a 9-0 run. And so at the half, that 11-point deficit was now down to two 27-25 Monarchs. The Bulldogs kept that momentum going in the second half, starting the final half at the TAC this year with a 14-2 run, making it 38-29 Tech. And then a 12-2 Tech run a few minutes later expands that lead to 53-37. to And yeah, the rest of this half is pretty uninteresting. Tech coasts to an easy 67-54 win, but to go from down 21-10 to to up 53-37 to is impressive. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty good stuff there. Um, I was at bowling. I had this pulled up on my phone, but I kind of changed it over to the texters because we were winning by so much there towards the end of the half. So towards the end of the game. Um, yeah, I mean, this just feels like one of those games where it's like there's not a ton to say. I don't know if there was anything specific that you wanted to call out here, but you had good good production from your starters. Uh, Kobe and Archibald had 19 and 18 points, respectively. Really quiet game for Junior, though. Was there anything ODU was doing to hold him down to seven points and nine rebounds? I'm not sure if I have the answer to that question, because while I tried to watch this game, it it, it was a struggle technical difficulties added on and it was on Kusa TV. So of course, of course that means it's like contractually obligated to turn off for five minutes at some point. Yeah. So it's hard to, without just looking at the box score, have an idea of what exactly happened, but yeah, I mean, junior only shot three for nine from the field. So he took some shots, but just that's, that's kind of interesting. I wonder if uh, whatever old, old dominion did can be replicated by other teams. I hope not. I mean, I guess the only thing to mention here is Tech was down at halftime, right, by by two points. And then really, like you said, they just came out gunning in the second half and uh, never looked back. But, I mean, they opened the second half on like a, what, 12 to or 13 to two run? Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. Bulldogs end up scoring 42 second half points. Uh, So 17 conference games so far. This is the 10th time out of the 17 games where they've scored 40 plus. Mm. in that second half and so yeah when we come to this uab game next and it's close at half spoiler alert i'm not feeling too bad about the fact that that jelly walker hits that three-pointer because tech has been a second half team all year yeah but i mean of course jelly walker hit a hit a three-pointer at the buzzer (laughs) yeah spoiler alert on that one too uh so before we spoil anything else let's go into this quick game recap um would you believe me if i told you that tech had yet another slow offensive start uh, well, luckily UAB did as well, and the game was tied at 13 with 12 minutes left in the first half. That, was is, really... that is crazy, because yeah. that is not the sense that I get from this game. I, I forgot that this game started so slow, because it did not end slow. <laughs> True. Yeah, it, it, that first half in its entirety was really just back and forth. 
buzzer beating three pointer by Jelly Walker that we just talked about that gave UAB that three point lead at intermission, 39 to 36. And I'm feeling pretty good as a tech fan, even though that sucks. That moment, buzzer beating three pointer, that sucks. Yeah. But to only be down three to UAB from the with, from the freaking logo again, like not even. Yeah. You know, it's NBA range and it's like, come on, dude, like, please just don't (laughs) just somebody foul him, you know, like (laughs) let him shoot a one and one before he can get the shot off because he's going to make the shot. Yeah, and he does. And UAB has that three point lead. The second half, though, maybe that was what got their momentum going because it was all Blazers to start the second half. They turned that three point lead into a 14 point lead. Over the course of that second half, with four minutes left in this game, the Blazers were up 75 to 61. It, it felt like Tech wasn't necessarily doing stuff wrong. It's just UAB could not miss. Yeah. You know, like, and we'll talk about the stats, but um, it, I, w- I looked up and I was like, man, four, we're down 14. Like, how are we down 14? We're not even playing that bad. You know, it was just, just crazy. Anyway. Yeah. Unfortunately, UAB doesn't keep first half, second half split stats. So I can't tell you what their field goal percentage was in that second half. Ooh, it was UAB. Good. I'll tell you. It that. was good. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Uh, but then something weird happens. Back to back turnovers on the inbound pass by UAB straight to tech players who then go and lay it up. That's four of the seven points of this seven nothing run that cuts that lead from 75 to 61. That's a 14 point lead. It cuts it down to seven. with Only a few minutes left. Uh, so all of a sudden, everything has to go right, but the game's not over. Uh, unfortunately, though, the good fortune ended there as the Blazers finally stopped their bleeding. Michael Ertl uh, goes for a three-pointer, gets fouled, then makes all three of his foul shots, and that puts the league back at 10 with less than three minutes left. And there wasn't any more lady luck going the Bulldogs' way, and Tech falls in Birmingham, 87-74. to Yeah, I, I mean that seven point run there was like, like, like you said, like what's going on here? How, how is this happening? Like the ball didn't even make it past the three point line, you know, tech yeah. just clamped down on, on a full court press and UAB like panicked and, uh, and just threw it. I mean, Kobe just jumped the, the route on the first steal just perfectly. And then the second one, they went and trapped Michael Ertle down in what they call like dead man's corner, right? Where, where it's really hard to pass the ball out. Cause you're kind of trapped at the corner of the court and he just bobbled it. And I think David green's the one who grabbed it anyway. It was, it was really, really cool. And it was kind of like, you know, you're kind of slumped back in your chair and then you're like, Oh, okay. All right. I guess I should pay more attention. You know, like, but it's also that, you know, that everything has to go right yeah. for this to have any kind of chance of working itself out. And we know that that's not going to happen. So like, it's like, oh, this is interesting. But now that just means that I don't get to not pay attention to the last couple minutes. Now it's, well, there's a chance they could win. So I'll be more disappointed when they don't. Also, this game was taking place at the same time as a baseball game and a Lady Texters game. So it was yeah. kind of like, oh, OK, I'll, I'll unmute this tab and, <laughs> you know, I'll, <laughs> I'll mute this tab and, and uh, open up the baseball game again. And then, oh, wait, something's happening over there. Got to got to go back but um yeah i mean i just have a a few i guess notes about this game i mean uab ends up shooting what like 56 percent from the floor i mean something absurd like that yeah tech shot 47 and a half percent uab shot 56.1 i mean 47 and a half percent i would be surprised if we lost many games shooting that efficiently from the floor uh this season but uab came out and you know 
they they hit more than half of their shots and their field goal percentage in the second half was 68 percent so and, and tech's number was as high as it was because of how many points they scored in the paint yeah of the 74 points they scored 40 were points in the paint so over half and lofton had 20 which it i haven't gone through to figure out which shots were in the paint or not but probably all of his were probably probably at least 18 of the 20 points uh were in the paint so i mean that he was a huge huge part of tech making this even in a position where they were to cut a 14 point lead down to seven yeah uh my my other note about this game was you know it's a 13 point loss it's hard to complain about the officials and say that they're the reason i don't think they're the reason that this game was um you know went the way that it did but Man, it just felt like some ticky-tack stuff was getting called on us and wasn't getting called at the other end. Um, also, I I don't like Jelly Walker, man. He's he's a really good player, and he's like electric to watch. But several times in this game, whenever a Tech player was like close to him, he would throw his head back trying to get a foul as if he got hit in the face. I noticed it early in the second half. I was like, man, did he just throw his head back looking for a foul? And like nothing happened. So I just didn't think anything of it. Then with like two minutes left in the game, when it's like, okay, Tech is probably going to try to foul. He did it again and got the call. And I was like, man, you're too, like, you're too good to do that, man. And I saw it multiple times in this one game. So I'm not just like, oh, it was just a, you know, a tick or something. He, he happened to throw his head back, like as he got fouled, like, no, it it was 100% intentional like I'm going to draw a foul here by faking contact and you're not going to get called for a flop warning for doing that, right? You get called for a flop warning when you like blow up and lay down on the floor, you know? Yeah. So, I I don't know. I just don't like that and it's like, dude, you're on a good team, you're the best player on this team, you're one of the best players in the conference. Like don't do that shit, man. Come on. I I don't yeah, I mean, know. it just rubs me about the, wrong the officials. Way. Was actually and, something I was going to complain about and that a little bit as well. Went and dunked the ball after the game was fucking over. Like, dude, don't. I mean, I hope we get to play him again because it would be the championship game and we'd get a get another shot at him. But yeah, I mean, that was my thing. Was the with him in particular? At, in here, it's an in the paint jump shot, is what the official box score calls it. But didn't he dunk it? I plays, he dunked it. He may have. This this could very well be wrong. I I have the game recording, so we can go back and check if I'm. Not too lazy. Um, pro tip, I'm too lazy. Uh, <laughs> but the whole thing, so Tech plays half court deep. Basically, can we get like a steal before they get across half court? And if not, we'll just kind of let them go. And so Tech kind of plays him a little bit, like tries to get the steal. He crosses half court. He kind of slows down like a team does. And then he takes off for the basket and then scores the layup or dunk or whatever it is. Like Kobe was there. Like he wasn't. Yeah. Kobe gave up on the play because yeah. it, it, this is what I called it in the chat. Was this is a fake kneel? Yeah, yeah. You, you head across half court. You like you pretend like you're not doing anything. Then you head to the basket, and there's nothing r- wrong with that. There's nothing illegal about right. that. But it's it's sportsmanship level of that really need to be done. Did you? It, it, it's one thing also to go ahead and keep trying to play, but to also fake like you're also saying, okay, let's run the clock out yeah. and then head to the basket is just I, not fun. Just. Don't like this guy, basically, is, yeah. is what that means. You know, like I'll stick to my peanut butter ball out. sandwiches. <laughs> he could have dribbled the ball out. They're up uh they're up, you know, eleven points at the time, and tech is like not really trying to stop him from scoring. 
And I, I don't know. It's sour grapes, obviously, because if we had put ourselves in a position to not, you know, allow Jelly Walker to do that, then it wouldn't matter. But like, it's still just kind of like if if this were my team, I'd be like, ah, come on, man. Like, that's not cool. But yeah. it's not my team because my team lost. So I don't know. Maybe we're maybe we're being unfair. But that mixed with the whole head toss thing. I just I just don't like the, the guy. That and the fact that he hit nine fucking three pointers in the game back in the tech, but you know, <laughs> yeah, it, part part of it is talent. Like the dude is insanely talented. He's really like, really good. There's a respect there based on his skill level. There is also a come on man, really, you don't have to do this. <laughs> yeah, but he we gets away with don't it. So like you don't make yeah. it. Don't make it worse. You know, like we don't like you, but in a like man, that guy's too fucking good kind of way. Uh, you were saying about the officials. I don't think I've ever seen this before. And props to the the stadium announcers whose names I was trying to look up and couldn't find. Who on three separate occasions they showed replay of a foul that was called against Tech, broke it down, went, "I don't like this call." Yeah. But the one I remember that's in my head is that junior travel would oh. they call a euro step and then they go look at the replay. And it's like that's not even like yes, there's a euro step, but he it took was, two. Steps. It was only like, two steps. It wasn't yeah. like the kind of two and a half. Thing that they get away with in the nba it was yeah it was absolutely not travel yeah and i saw uab twitter blowing up about the fact that how can these announcers say that's not travel because that's obviously travel so that's weird that i didn't see has... anything from uab twitter this week i don't know what it yeah. was uh but my one last note about this game is that uab had a plan and that was to get michael Ertle the ball in three-point situations and by using off-ball screens where you'd head down to the low, head by the bucket, and then quickly run out uh, and let catch and shoot someone else body the guy who's yeah. guarding him, catch, shoot. And it worked a lot in this game. And I started feeling sad for Keiston Willis, who had to keep running around the court to keep on his man. Kobe <laughs> Williams tried it a few times too late in the game. But it was it's it's tough to do. And when Ertle is hitting, it's hard to stop. And uh, listening back to last week's episode, the thing I talked about was Tech needs to be able to shoot the three-point ball because that's something that's going to be important, and it was for UAB with Michael Ertle. And UAB, the one weakness we talked about was their three-point defense, and Tech was 30% from three, six of 20, and that's not good enough. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely not good enough, especially when your opponent shoots 10 of 21. So, yeah, and again, I mean, Hats off to UAB. They, yeah. they made all their shots, right? They they shot 56.1% from the field, and that's just too much to overcome, even when you shoot 48%, you know? But uh, definitely could have used some more three-pointers. You know, Keaston Willis had 11 points in this game, but only shot three for eight from uh, beyond the arc, and Archibald didn't attempt any, and Williams only went one for five. So, I mean, it's just, you know, it, it sucks, but it's like the defense wasn't there. Uh, and we've kind of seen that this year. This team isn't as as good defensively as we might want to be. But anyway, we have a lot more stuff to talk about. So why don't, yeah. we, why don't we go ahead and move on into this uh, Conference USA tournament preview? Yeah, so the bracket is set. We now know what teams and what times we'll be playing against, at least what teams we could be playing against because, you know, it's a bracket. And so we have to see who wins the other games first. Uh, Tech gets a single bye because they won enough games to be that third seed. They will ever have to play Wednesday, and that will be against the winner of FIU and Marshall. Evan, what can you tell me about, or what can you tell me about this first round matchup for Tech? Yeah, I mean, 
we'll just kind of cover some of the teams we might see here. And we're definitely going to see either Marshall or FIU. Tech beat Marshall uh, 79 to 56 way back on December 30th. They are 11 and 20 overall this season. They're the seven seed out of the East. Um, and in Ken Palm, they're ranked number 241. Their best player is going to be Tavion Kinsey, who is their uh, shooting guard. He play or he is the fourth uh, best player in Conference USA in terms of points per game at 18.8, but he only had 13 back on December 30th when they visited uh, Ruston. Uh, then moving on to FIU, Tech beat them 86 to 82 back on February 5th. They are 15 and 16 overall and number 267 in Ken Palm. And I'm saying watch out for Eric Lovett, who plays at the three and four. And I think he comes off the bench, actually. Uh, Maybe he starts at the three. I'm not sure. But he scored 25 points back in that uh, matchup on February 5th down in Miami. They're in Miami, right? I thought he was in Miami. Yeah. Yeah. So assuming that we could win uh, that game on Wednesday night, which I will be at. That would put us uh, Thursday, and we would be playing against Western Kentucky. Nathan, why don't you cover this one? Yeah. Western Kentucky is 19-12 and 12 on the year. Ken Palm ranking of 112th. Uh, this was the team that Tech played to open conference play that first weekend. On January 1st, New Year's Day, they won 74-73. to 73. This was the game where they overcame that 17-point second-half deficit to win. Uh, Jamarion Sharp had four blocks. And that game, he's seven foot five, but Lofton was still able to put up 22 points on 11 boards. So that will be all eyes on the two players battling down low in the paint. If Tech is able to advance and play the two seed Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. So let's say everything goes well. Tech beats Marshall or FIU, or who knows, maybe both. They can just kind of combine their rosters and, and, <laughs> and, and duke it out that way. And then beats Western Kentucky. The semifinals on Friday are the next game. Evan, what can you tell me about that series of possible matchups? Yeah, so basically, um, Charlotte and Rice are going to play for the right to play North Texas. Um, North Texas is the one seed on our side of the bracket. So I'm saying it will most likely be North Texas versus Tech, assuming, like you said, that we that we make it that far. We've talked a whole lot about North Texas, so not really going to preview them we're 0-2 against them this year they're number 48 in Ken Palm right now they did just lose to UTEP on the road uh, and almost lost to UTSA on the road so that was kind of weird but um, I'm saying uh, and at the risk of this becoming a Tyler Perry podcast he's the player to watch he has not done well against Tech this season until the final seconds of both contests and that was all that mattered Um, he shows up when they need him so uh, this will this will be a huge matchup. It'll be Friday morning at 11:30 a.m. on CBS Sports Network. If we're in it, um, also should mention the other games on Thursday would be 6 p.m. on Stadium, and on Wednesday, the one we're definitely playing is 6 p.m. on ESPN Plus. Um, so if we beat Marshall slash FIU, Western Kentucky, and probably North Texas, we'll be in the finals. Yeah, we'd be in the finals. Um, I yeah, there are two other teams that could be playing Charlotte in that semifinal Rice game. Could theoretically beat North Texas. Probably not likely. Tech has played both of those teams as well, beaten them. So we've played all the teams on our side of the bracket, and we beat them all except North Texas. So that's not bad, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, Char- we beat Charlotte 82-77 to back on February 10th in Charlotte. They've got 
the top scorer in Conference USA at 19.8 points per game. That's Jameer Young, their point guard. And if it's Rice, we've beaten them twice, uh, including last week. So we won't say much more about them. But uh, yeah, so probably North Texas, though. Anyway, what happens if we make the finals, Nathan? Yeah, if we make the finals, we'll probably play UAB or Middle Tennessee. So many teams on that side of the bracket, it's not worth getting to all of them. So instead, what we're going to do, and we've threatened this in the past, is that if Tech makes the final of the tournament, we're going to record an emergency podcast. Uh, We'll get as many of us as we can get together, get on mic, and do a real quick edit and preview of whichever team Tech will play in those finals. I am getting off a plane at 10 o'clock that night. I will drive home, jump on, record the podcast, edit the podcast, and hopefully have it up by 1 a.m. That's my goal. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I hope that I am driving back from Frisco and, you know, after both the men and women's teams make it to the finals on Saturday. And uh, and I hope to call in uh, and be on that be on that podcast. But we've threatened this before and it hasn't come to fruition. So hopefully True. this year, <laughs> this year's the year that we all have to, like, stay up all night recording a podcast that no one will listen to before the yeah. game happens. <laughs> But it's just putting good juju out there. Speaking of good juju, how do you think this tournament will go? Do you think that we'll have to record an emergency podcast and have to do a late night edit? Or do you think that tech falters somewhere along the path? Yeah, I mean, okay. So tech started out 6-0 and in conference play, right? We beat Marshall. We beat UTEP and UTSA and Southern Miss twice. Five of those six games there. UTEP is, you know, pretty pretty good win on the road. However, those other four teams are, or four games were, you know, bottom dwellers. However, we did beat Western Kentucky. Since that point, though, we have gone six and six in conference play, and we have lost to anyone who's higher than a three seed in this conference that we've played since then. UAB, North Texas, FAU, uh, I guess UTEP we lost to as well, um, who's lower. Anyway, my point here is that I don't think this is the year. I don't think this is the year that we win the conference tournament and go to the NCAAs. I hope that I'm wrong, but we have not proven over the last two months that we will beat the better teams in our conference, whether it's losing by one on a last second shot to North Texas at home, or whether it's just not showing up and losing to UTEP at home, right? I I mean, I don't see it this year. I think that we will... Uh, make it to the semifinals and lose to North Texas again. That's my official prediction, but it wouldn't surprise me if we lost Thursday as well to to Western. I know that's pessimistic, but... Yeah, losing twice to UAB and North Texas is is not good. Um, I'm going to give my answer by first talking about the NFL. Okay. I Well noted I'm a Saints fan. You're also a Saints fan, so you, you may know this. I, I know where you're going already. I know where you're going. In 2002... Oh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers opened up their season with an overtime loss to the New Orleans Saints, 26 to 20. Twelve weeks later, they would travel to New Orleans and then lose again, 23 to 20. They would then the Buccaneers, that is, go on to win the Super Bowl. 2020 happens again. They open the season against the New Orleans Saints, this time on the road and also lose. New Orleans comes back eight weeks later and beats the pants off the Buccaneers, 38 to three. That was fun. The Buccaneers would go on to win the Super Bowl. That was not fun. Including beating the Saints in those playoffs. Mm. Yeah, I see where you're going. It only matters. I, I mean, now it matters. Beating it's- a team three times is difficult. You know each other very well. 
you've seen what's worked, you've seen what hasn't worked, and it's very easy to go into a game that against a team you've played twice and be cocky about it. Yeah. The thing is, that has to work twice. Yeah. <laughs> well, and Wes, I mean, we could get help, right? I mean, we could get help. It is more tech. Crazy stuff but, happens. But we're tech. We won't get help. Yeah. But I think tech does the impossible. I think this is the year because it doesn't feel like it's the year. How many times in the past has it felt like it's the year and it wasn't the year? That's a good point. So you're 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 going on record saying tech will win. Tech will win the conference USA championship. They'll wow. be placed in the Buffalo, New York, uh, round of sixty four game. Because I've looked up those sites and I will drive eight hours to be there. That's a really hard one for me to get to. <laughs> <laughs> There's also one in the DFW area too, so Ooh. hopefully that's the one you can just head on down. Yeah, party but, at my house. Yeah, that's my prediction. Um. Yeah, I'm going to say... So, so I'll see you Friday night is what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm going to say UAB wins the tournament this year. Uh, I think I think given uh, if they get a rematch with North Texas, you know, they split this year and their game a couple weeks ago was was a really, really good game that Tyler Perry hit a buzzer beater uh, to win. So I, I, I think that you know, somebody will like tackle Tyler Perry and not let him not let him <laughs> game winning shot. Um, and somehow it won't get called by conference USA refs, conference UAB refs. So, yeah. Um, anyway, not that's too much longer, hopefully. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I hope you're right. But yeah. I just, I don't think that we have uh, the team. And I hope that we can keep, you know, the core that we have this year, minus um, Archibald and, and Christian, obviously, who will be. Uh, uh, out of eligibility but you know i hope that we get crawford and uh the freshman will allen back next year and keep you know everybody else on the team lots more to talk about here right <laughs> yeah and, and the bulldogs have not been hot to end the season like yeah. you talked about they started conference play on fire and have since cooled off and we'll see if they can reignite that flame but the lady texters do not have that problem they're playing their best basketball in the months of late february and early march this past week, the Texters played ODU and UAB as well. Uh, the sites reversed, so at Old Dominion and at home against UAB. They beat the Monarchs 65-62 to in Norfolk. And then at home against UAB on March 5th to Saturday, they won 82-56. to <laughs> yeah. They demolished the Blazers. Yeah, yeah. It, it, this was an impressive week because the Texters went on the road. I mean trying to hold on they had a half game lead for the um western division crown and they're going over and playing i believe the the number 96 team in uh in massey odu and you know massey predicted a nine point loss out there on the road odu was uh 11 and 4 overall in conference play they're competing for a east division championship so i mean really lots to play for for both teams and tech went out and they won the game right they yeah they made the shot in the fourth quarter. So with 10 seconds left, Robin Lee hits a jumper for Tech to take a 63-62 to 62 lead. Then with two seconds left, Tech gets a steal, right? They're only up one point. Tech gets a steal and then passes the ball to Anilar Roberson, our best shooter. And Roberson drains the, uh, the two foul shots with like 0.4 seconds left to take a 65-62 lead, which was the, um, which was the final score. So, I mean... Just a great, like, gutsy performance from the Texters there. They end up shooting 59% from the field, um, <laughs> including <laughs> including 10 for 11 in the first quarter. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's amazing. 
Um, yeah, and then like you said, coming home, championships on the line. UAB still wanted to win um, to improve their standing. We still hadn't locked up that West Division crown either, and just just crushed UAB. I mean, just absolutely crushed them at home in front of a pretty decent crowd, and they're playing their best basketball now for sure. Because the Texters won the West Division, they get a double bye into the conference tournament. Because we haven't really talked a lot about women's basketball so far this year, just to kind of throw some teams out there real quick. Middle Tennessee, Charlotte, Old Dominion. Those are the three teams to be scared of, one of which the Texters just beat on the road. Um, Old Dominion and Charlotte are on the other side of the bracket. But if the Texters win Thursday, they'll probably face Middle Tennessee on Friday. But that Thursday game, so the first game up, will be against the winner of UAB and Western Kentucky. Uh, Going back to the beginning of conference play, that first opening weekend, the Texters lost to Western Kentucky on the road, I believe. Um, and then they just demolished UAB. So I think I'm rooting for the Blazers to win that opening game. Um, although Tex- the Texters have now beat UAB twice. And uh, hopefully that doesn't yeah, prove my yeah. <laughs> Buccaneers uh, analogy, right? So basically, UAB or West Kentucky Thursday, probably Middle Tennessee State Friday. And Middle Tennessee is probably the best team in Conference USA if we're going by computer polls and rankings and media polls and everything. They're probably seen as the favorites. So if Tech makes it to the final, they'll have to beat Middle Tennessee. And if they do make it to the final, we'll have a bonus show on Friday night like we just talked about for the men. And hopefully it has to be double as long. And hopefully we have to talk about both these teams being in the final. Hell yeah. Let's let's both go to the big dance. Yeah. Hey, let's get to our predictions because that's what I'm predicting. Ooh, yeah. This is not this is not a return to 1980s texters. Well, <laughs> like this isn't the start of that either. Yeah. This is just that a team that gets hot going into the conference tournament and happens to win it. Yeah, I mean they've won their last four games and they've played pretty decent competition. So I mean I I definitely see where you're coming from there. So you're picking them to win it all? Yeah, absolutely. Let's see. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I. I don't know, man. I mean, MTSU is tough. We haven't played them this year. So um, I don't know. Tech has made noise in the conference tournaments, though. I, I think they won a game last year. They won a game in 2020 before things got shut down. You know, it kind of feels like at least a month ago, it felt like, man, the Texters are going nowhere. And now there's kind of some, some you know, fire going on. So I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm with you. I, I think maybe they'll make it to the finals and then we'll have to see what my prediction is in, for the finals. So okay uh, on the on the preview pod so uh they'll beat mtsu on friday um a game that i would like to be at so hopefully i'm just going on record here i'm i'm going wednesday to the men's game which is at 6 p.m yeah and i would love nothing more than to spend my birthday getting my heart ripped out in the semifinals of both the men's and women's games slash what i would actually love is for them to both win great birthday gift for me I'm taking Friday off, hoping to go to Frisco. You know, Um, I told Catherine, like, we're going to go to Frisco for the basketball games. And if they're not playing, we'll figure out something else to do. Uh, But I would love to spend the day in Frisco um, at the star watching both tech teams play and win for a shot at the uh, at the championship games on Saturday, which I would also love to go to. So give me a reason to spend all my money, please. Yeah. So I typed in things to do in Frisco as a backup just in case they're not playing at those times or whatever. And the number one thing to do in Frisco is go to the star. Well, according to TripAdvisor.com. 
Yeah, so hopefully the Bulldogs and Texans win those Wednesday, Thursday, Friday games, but it was the Tuesday and Wednesday games for the baseball team that caused a lot of ire within the fan base, dropping games to both Nickel State and Southeastern mm. and going on a what would then be a four-game losing streak. Uh, yeah. Tech had last year not even gone on a three-game losing streak. Yeah, yep. Uh, after last Sunday, which we talked about where we kind of, you know, screwed the pooch against Tulane, uh, things did not, things did not start going, uh, much better on the midweek games. It's funny you say that because the game against Nichols State on Tuesday actually kind of did start, start off pretty well. Uh, the game opens in the first inning with a young walk and a Connell walk and a steel and interval home run to take a three, nothing lead. Uh, Tech then loads the bases in the second inning with one out. Uh, Fielder's choice in the strikeout limits to da- limit the damage at one run, but that's still a four to nothing lead by the Bulldogs early in the game, coming off of all the yep. momentum we had brewing. Uh, my, I guess minus the two lane series. Um, Nichols does get one run across in the third inning to make it four to one Bulldogs. Uh, but Cade Gibson, the hero of the LSU game, he pitched the first six innings about as well as he did against the Tigers, but everything fell apart in that seventh inning. Gibson can no longer find the strike zone, loaded the bases, and gave up a run. Uh, Kyle Krieger came in to try to limit the damage, but uh, some extra base hits, and Nichols State plays three more runs to take a 5-4 th- lead into the 8th and ninth innings. The Bulldogs have six outs to get at least one run, but instead have two 1-2-3 innings to end the game with a thud, and Nichols State wins 5-4. to four. Yeah, I mean... <sighs> A theme that I'm sensing early on, and maybe this is just because it's early in the season and we wanna we wanna stretch pitchers and see how far they can go, but seems like seems like the leash might need to be a little shorter um as far as pulling pitchers out when they've seemed to have lost it. Because this is several times now that we've seen like a pitcher stay out maybe two batters too long, right? And it's like, oh well that you know, two batters too long doesn't sound like much, but <laughs> you're talking about three runs getting plated, right? It's like, you know, we lost five to four. That could have made the difference if we swapped um, pitchers a little earlier. But at, at the same time, the sixth inning, the inning before, Gibson throws eight pitches and strikes out the side. Wow. How do you throw eight pitches and strike out all three? Foul or, uh, Strike, foul ball, strike, first batter. Strike, foul ball, two balls, and then a strike. And then foul, foul, strike. I guess that's actually six, seven, eight, nine, ten pitches. Excuse me. Still, still. Yeah. That's that's the, about the, as efficient as you can possibly be. Yeah. And so going into the seventh inning, I don't, it may be you have someone starting to warm up because you know eventually they're going to come in the game. Uh, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It's, a, it's immediately, he gives up a single and then there's a wild pitch and a walk and then he gets a strikeout. So maybe something good's happening, then a walk and a single and then. By the time you get people get up and moving and warmed up and everything, it's it's a little too late because the bases are loaded uh, for Kyle Krigger, who has to be perfect here. Instead, he gives up a double that just barely gets outside the reach of the third baseman. And now it's a tie game. And then uh, Krigger, while good in this game, I would say he wasn't as good as he always is. And coming in with a bases loaded situation and then giving up a double is is kind of hard to mentally come back from immediately but i mean really i think the problem is the bats and that's something that's kind of been a theme through a lot of these losses is that the tech hitting can go really hot as we'll see when we talk about these weekend games and then go just as equally cold Um, in this game tech had five hits total wow yeah i mean 
especially with how you started out. I mean, that's that's not good enough. Yeah, and the one, two, three hitters, Taylor Young got on base a bit. He had he got hit by pitch once and hit two doubles, but Philip Matulia and Cole McConnell neither got a hit, and only Cole McConnell got one single walk. So yeah, uh, with the two losses to Tulane on the Sunday doubleheader, and then this game against Nichols State, things weren't looking great for the Southeastern game. But Tech actually held a lead in this game, too, heading into the seventh inning. Again, this is apparently a troubled inning for the Bulldogs this week. Uh, thanks to a Walker Birchfield two-run homer in the fourth and some heads-up base running by Cole McConnell stealing home on a wild pitch, Tech held a 3-2 lead going into that seventh. And Cade Hodges, not Cade Gibson, but Cade Hodges, comes out of the bullpen to start the seventh. And he plunks the first and only two batters he faces. He plunked both of them? Both of them. Two uh. hit by pitches, two batters faced. Uh, Greg Martinez, who <laughs> I mean, probably came in this game a little earlier than he was expecting at this point, enters and thanks to it, thanks in part by a throwing error by Corona as he was trying to get a player out at second base, uh, gives up two runs, and now it's four to three Southeastern. Again, Tech has six outs to try to get one run across, but instead goes hitless through the eighth and ninth mm. and fall by one run again, four to three. Yeah, just it's just rough. I mean, it, it's single games, but these are the games that we won last year, you know? Yeah. And last year was, last year was something that we were hoping not to replicate, but exceed this year. Right. So obviously still early. We've still got lots of time, lots of games, but you know, uh, it it feels like before this past week or the like Sunday through Tuesday, Wednesday span, we were like on the verge of being ranked in every poll again and being, you know, kind of talked about and now it's kind of like, ooh, well, we'll have to play really well for like a month to get back to that point, you know? Maybe yeah. I'm wrong. I don't know. No, I, we will have to play well. Uh, it. My biggest thing is that last year had a magic quality to it. Right. It was Tech could be down by six runs in the bottom of the ninth and you still feel like there's a way they could do this. And they've had these opportunities set up where they're down by a run going into the late innings and have fallen flat. And this team is talented. This team is very talented. But that magic isn't there yet. And hopefully yeah. the fairy, the pixie, whatever it is that pr- provides that magic shows up at some point because this team needs it. They didn't need the magic, though, to start the series against McNeese State because the first game ends 21 to 5. <laughs> so uh, we can probably skip the recap on that one. We can talk about some of the stats in the second. But the Saturday's game is a little bit closer, although that's not really saying much. The Bulldogs scored two runs in each of the first three innings. They take the fourth inning off as a breather, I guess, but then bounce back to score four in the fifth. <laughs> uh, Ryan Jennings, the starting pitcher in this one, wasn't at his sharpest, but that's not a problem that run support can't solve. And Tech wins this game 11 to three. Then the game we'll probably want to talk the most about. Uh, after scoring 33 runs in the first two games, Tech goes on to score two on Sunday. Mm. Uh, no live video stream for this one, so we really just have the box score to go off of. Uh, also... <laughs> Or, or Dave Nitz talking into a freaking tin can on a string. I mean, Jesus yeah. Christ. Anyway, so that means that we don't have a lot of intel to go off of in this game. Just kind of the final stat lines. Uh, Jarrett Worf pitching in his third game in eight days, uh, mostly because he's been pulled early in both the first two starts, still did not look as sharp as his 2021 self. Uh, gave up a homer on his third pitch of the game and ends up giving up three earned runs over three and a third innings. Uh, but it wasn't pitching so much as offense drying up that doomed the dogs uh, can't really blame anything on Cole McConnell though he went three for three with two singles and a double plus a walk 
but the rest of the team had three hits combined, and Tech only scores two, yeah. fails to get the sweep over McNeese, and falls five to two. Yeah, and I mean, you got the series victory, right? So if we had won or split the midweek games, I think we'd be happy with a with a um, you know two one road victory. But just going two and three on the week is kind of like ah man. Wish we could have kept those bats going today. Yeah. Hopefully our guys will continue to warm up. And uh, this week we've got some pretty good games to to test that theory, right? Yeah. So this week we play Southeastern again. Before that, we'll play ULL and then Houston Baptist for the weekend series. Uh, ULL is 103rd in RPI, but they just lost two of three to the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. Uh, also, just in a comparison note, it took 10 innings for ULL to beat Southeastern a few weeks ago, 6-5. to five. Southeastern on Wednesday... They're number 70 in RPI now because they moved up a bit after beating us um, is actually how that worked. Uh, there's not really m- much to preview here. Tech is now 33rd in RPI, okay. uh, down 13 over a week ago. Uh, <laughs> Southeastern, so Southeastern is 70. They moved up 65 slates, 65 spots over the weekend. Not just because they beat Tech, but they also played number 6 Arkansas and stole the opening game. The Friday night starter of Arkansas, they beat 7-3. to Wow. Uh, and... So that coupled with that win over Tech means Southeastern may not be as bad as we thought they were. But the weekend series this week is not against an in-state school. We welcome Houston Baptist to the Love Shack. Uh, it took seven games for Houston Baptist to get their first win. They now have an RPI 55. Wait, it t- you said they, they lost six in a row to start out? Yep, and their absolutely. RPI is 55? Yep. But, but how? Sacramento State was who they played over the weekend. They played four games against them. They Sacramento State had an RPI of twenty five, and they and then Houston Baptist won three of four. Okay, wow. Sacramento State, having now lost to Houston Baptist, has an RPI in the two hundreds. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> RPI is a mess. It's yeah, very hard RPI, to compare baseball teams at all ever, especially this early in the season. Yeah, I think RPI takes a while to to kind of anyway. Uh, yeah, Houston Baptist is kind of confusing then. Yeah. So we'll have to see how these three games go. Yeah. I mean, so what's that? We've got five games all at home. I don't know. What do you, what do you think, Nathan? What are, how are we going to do this week? I think four and one. Okay. I'm not sure which the one is. It's hard to sweep just in general. So maybe that's the Houston Baptist. ULL is a good team, but they're not anywhere near as good as they have been in recent years. And Southeastern, while we did just lose to them by a run, um, I think we were waiting for this opportunity to get a second shot against the lions so yeah i think we lose one of the games against the huskies and then beat ull and southeastern the midweek games oh man i certainly hope so because i think we lost both games to ull last year on the road am i right that sounds right yeah i'm i think i'm equally intrigued to see what the crowd looks like on tuesday for ull because it's ull so it's a big opponent we've you know we've sold out season tickets basically but are people going to show up now that we're not five and zero anymore? Right, like people showed up for the LSU game, even though it was thirty eight degrees. But uh, are they going to show up this week? And I hope they do. I hope they do. I hope so too. But I will also predict four and one, and I will predict that we lose the Sunday game to Houston Baptist. Anyway, we have another Hitty Sticks sport to follow. How did the softball team do this week? Yeah, we got a couple of uh, sports here that I've got here in the notes where a ball gets hit by a stick of some kind. Um, yeah. The, it's catching on. I'm making yeah, this work. Yeah. The, uh, the, the lady Texter's softball team, first of all, 
had a huge week last week. You know, we talked about it eight games over the course of four days, I think for the most part, but uh, they, uh, they did okay. They're, they gained 62 spots in Massey after going six and two on the week, a week in which they only played two teams ranked lower than them in Massey. Um, they beat number 75 McNeese state six to one beat Southeastern two to one beat the, uh, the bad team, central Connecticut, uh, twice lost to number 24 ULL and number 20 LSU, but beat number 47 Troy twice. So really good week. That's six games against top 100 teams and they came out with four wins. So, uh, in those games and won the games they were supposed to win too. So, um, Hopefully the Texters can continue this little streak that they're on. Um, they play number 106 ULM at home this week in the midweek and then open conference play at number 158 FAU. So just four games this week, all played on different days, I think. So that's weird for them, I'm sure. They're used to kind of... <laughs> uh, if you look at their their page on latexsports.com, it's like, you know, their, ho- their home record's like two and three or something. Their, their away record is like, one and one and then their neutral site record is like 10 and 10 and five or something like <laughs> they've all been neutral site games so um softball is weird yeah tennis is something we're even less qualified to talk about yeah uh, <laughs> we're going to anyway though yeah the women's tennis program is 13 and two to open their season their best start in school history we're a bowling school but are we also a tennis school that's 11 straight wins tied for the longest in program history as well I'll stop reading this right now and let you handle this last sentence because it contains a name. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> the, the Texans are currently led by Ilana Tetru, uh, Shivli. Uh, sure. Um, you want, you who, want to say it like four different ways and maybe one of them will be right. <laughs> yeah. You just figure out which one's right. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, no, but she is 11 and three in singles play. And so I think I'm not exactly sure how they determine like the winner over the weekend. We may have to, we have to have a tennis player on at some point <laughs> to explain this to us. But yeah, um, um, yeah they, I mean, they give scores here like they beat Incarnate Word four to one and they beat UTSA five to two. So I'm not really sure, like because they play doubles and they play singles. So I guess it's like head to head wins and losses. And then whoever, whichever team wins more of their like, uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think. This is saying Tech won five of their like individual matches compared to two wins for UTSA. So it's more like wins. It's not a win loss. It's like a wins for Tech, wins for UTSA, and then whoever you know wins the most gets the weekend victory. I guess. So anyway, Tech has won eleven weekends in a row or eleven matches in a row, however you want to phrase it. Anyway, that's good. I'm going to stop talking now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, let's talk about something victory. we know a little bit more about. Let's go go to this week's tweet of the week. Uh, baseball season is here, and that means some great baseball memes by the Matulias, really. Uh, at Joe Matulia, Philip Matulia's brother, tweeted out 11 strikeouts at Jonathan Fincher. Well, there goes mankind at baseball, and it's Jonathan Fincher's head superimposed on Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> I'm all here for poor photoshops. It's kind of our whole thing. So, yep. game recognized uh, game. Yep. I believe this might be Joe's second win in the last... Did he win... It- it may be, yeah. Last week, too? He might have won last week, too. Yeah. Look, scrolling down his individual feed, there are a lot of bad Photoshop pictures. So yeah. uh, it, it may he may continue his dominance over the Tweet of the Week award. 
Well, yeah, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter and see where we tweet out those tweets of the week at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E. Or head to our blog, gtpdd.dog, where we have the contest up. But while you're there, head to gtpdd.dog slash shop, where you can get the March shirt of the month. Evan, would you like a ticket to ride the rally train? I would. That's a yeah, it's a really cool shirt Nathan designed that's got a ticket on it and it's got an old timey looking train, like a like a coal steam engine or some shit. <laughs> uh and it says admit one to the rally train. So uh yeah, cool shirt, you know, baseball themed coming up for uh for baseball season, which is already in full swing. But uh yeah, get your get your ticket for the rally train. Yeah. Yeah, again, gtpdd.dog slash shop for that slash contest for the contest or slash nothing. Don't type the word nothing. Just don't type anything. gtpdd.dog slash nothing. I have to go set that up now. I know I've cursed myself. Uh, (laughs) And for a secret surprise that hopefully I'll remember to set up, uh, go do that. That's that's the end of the sentence. And until next time, I'm Nathan. (laughs) I'm Evan. And go tech. Please don't die. It says uh, Tech One. Well, it says unfinished. What? Oh, uh, uh, this is confusing me. I don't know what's happening. Uh, I I don't know. But then Tech One, the second doubles match and the third doubles match, and then let's see. So that's two wins. This is really great podcasting here. Yeah. Uh, I don't know which. Oh, okay. There's an arrow by the winner. <laughs> this is. I'm just going slowly <laughs> insane here on on the air. Um.